Fans about films. Nerdy and informative. Greetings, dear listeners, and a very warm welcome to uh, the first episode of Fans About Films in 2020. I can't believe it myself. A little bit of a break going on. I just didn't have any guests and also not much time because of my uh, current job and working in the agency and everything, blah, 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 blah. You don't want to hear about that. Uh, the very important thing is I am back. Who is I? It's, of course, me, your wonderful German host, uh, Lasse Vogt, who has as always, a new wonderful guest today. Please introduce yourself. All right. Hi, my name is Chandler Guzman. I live in New York City. I work for HBO with uh, John Oliver's Last Week Tonight as a post-production assistant. I'm also a YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel called Superhero Wannabe that I'm uh, very bad at you know, consistently uploading to, but <laughs> I'm excited. Um uh, to kind of get back on it this year, 2020, those resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 seems to be the year of uh, good resolutions. Yeah. Awesome. Working uh, working for HBO, that sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. It's exciting right up until you need CBS, which who owns HBO. You need CBS to do something because they take forever to do so much as like hang up a picture and they'll get mad at you if you hang up a picture on the wall they're like no no no, we have to do it and then it'll take them a week to send their guys out there and then they'll be like oops we worked for 20 minutes time to take a two-hour break <laughs> <laughs> it's awful <laughs> so that's great um how did you uh, come to the um conclusion it's gonna be a good idea to start a youtube channel um uh, it was more of like I recognized that I was very bad at, like, shooting video, and so I was like, you know what would help me, and also help me, like, with editing, uh, setting up, getting, like, fast around it, would be if I just made YouTube content, and so I did, and it was kind of very much, like, just for myself and for, like, practice and stuff, and so, like, if you look at my channel right now, it's all over the place. There's, like, comic reviews, there's, like, vlogs, there's, like, all kinds of stuff, because I was just, like, trying a bunch of different things and seeing, like, what worked and what didn't work and what I liked about each different thing. All right. Uh, on this episode, it's going to be uh, not just, uh, you know, us, uh, you know, shooting the shit, blah, 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 and uh, talking about uh, stupid stuff. Uh, we want to talk about some of the movies we have recently seen because I do my film reviews in German, in video form, and also sometimes in uh, text form. And um, that's not uh, very helpful for my international audience, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am. Uh, what I thought was we were just gonna pick a couple of movies we've recently seen and um, uh, talk about them in a um, quick but also uh, at least kind of detailed manner in a way that people know what we thought of them. You have a guest, so please uh, pick your first movie you want to talk about. Ooh. I'm so excited because um, when you first talked to me, we, uh, the last movie I had seen was Little Women, uh, and. Last night I went to The Gentleman, which is Guy Ritchie's new movie. Oh yeah, and I loved it. It was so awesome. I was like, I'll take one hundred Aladdins if it means I get, you know, 
just one more of the gentleman. <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, have you seen it? No, I haven't. Um, I saw. Um, uh, I watched Matthew Buck's review, um, who I also was a was a guest on on his podcast, and he was he had mixed feelings about it, and it sounded like. You know, yeah, Guy, Guy Ritchie kind of uh, returning to form, but also kind of overdoing it a little bit. I heard mm-hmm. that the C word is uh, thrown out. Oh, uh, a whole lot. <laughs> many, many times. But uh, it's, it, I think I watched the trailer and I thought it looked uh, it looked pretty fun. So um, you loved it. That, that sounds good. Yeah, because I, I love like Guy Ritchie just in general. I think his he's definitely kind of, he can be polarizing. Like I can see how people would be like, eh, I don't know if I like it or not. Because, uh, like, just kind of the high energy and, like, kind of wacky uh, different, like, editing techniques that he uses every now and then uh, really put people off. But I love that stuff. Okay, okay. Did you see King Alpha, Legend of a Sword? (laughs) That's the one I haven't seen. I'm scared (laughs) to. Yeah, I was talking about that. I feel like I only seen, like, Starting at Sherlock Holmes, I haven't seen anything before Sherlock Holmes. I just realized I was like, "When I should probably see what else he's made." Mm-hmm. And then I like looked it up, and I saw that the King Arthur thing was on like his IMDb, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw uh, Sherlock Holmes was my introduction to him as well, and then I got, uh, went back and watched all his. Uh, movies he did before then except for the madonna one he did i heard mm. that one is pretty bad swept away is it is that I, I think that's it I, I think that's the name of it i, I yeah. i'm not quite sure but it's a, i know it's a remake mm. a remake of a very sexist uh movie so um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the other thing i saw recently that i enjoyed was 1917 oh yeah yeah <laughs> i uh that ruled that was awesome. It did, indeed. That was my um, number one pick when it came to... Uh, that's going to grab the uh, Best Picture Oscar, of course. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was very surprised, but also delighted that he didn't, uh, because it was like, oh, okay, that's nice, you know, yeah. making history with uh, Parasite being the winner. That's really awesome. Yeah. But uh, I watched I watched 1917, and I was like, not only is it a fairly standard um, uh, awards movie in the way how... Uh, how it's how it's made and i mean the subject matter and everything but also it's just a really really great movie in my opinion yeah definitely like the i was i did it who got best cinematography i forgot that was roger deakins yeah yeah uh no but who got did, did 1917 win best cinematography it did it did okay perfect i was about to i was like oh no it better have because that was fucking amazing <laughs> um the uh all the times they had to like switch to CGI and stuff, it was all very seamless, and I liked it a lot. I got very excited watching shit stuff like that in the theater. I like. I'm glad that it. I kind of saw it towards the end of its run because I was practically the only person in the in the theater, so I was able to. I was like audibly cheering for, like every time that the that they like cut the camera in a creative way. I was like, yes, that's great. <laughs> I was just, like such a nerd. <laughs> it's a fantastic movie on a technical level and i was uh, at first i was kind of um afraid that the one-shot gimmick would uh, distract me and the way that i would uh w- look out for the hidden cuts and everything mm. but uh, after a while i just actually got pretty immersed and i um just enjoyed the movie uh as the thing it was and it didn't really pay attention to that even though sometimes it was 
uh, fairly obvious and, and you can still i mean as a as a guy you know who studied filmmaking who um you know who who thinks about some of the technical stuff you can't really shut that part of your brain off while watching something like this so yeah um it was interesting it's gonna be interesting to watch a movie actually again it maybe um see it with a more analytical eye knowing what happens um but yeah i i i loved it not not even on a technical level alone but i thought the performances were really strong um i thought the music was wonderfully used um really 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 great score um that was actually my favorite score uh, of the stuff that was nominated mm-hmm. uh, for the academy awards i would have liked to seen that win um but because it's really about time for thomas newman uh but all the rest i, I liked the gimmick that all the um leaders um were also played by more famous actors even the, the more tiny roles yeah you have you know you have people like daniel mays but even he is has like a higher um you know he, he has a higher position than the two soldiers so it was really fitting seeing people like andrew scott mark strong and of course the big ones um benedict cumberbatch and uh Colin firth in there mm-hmm. I, I thought it was actually um uh, it really made sense uh, uh in that uh in that regard yeah it definitely it fits i think it did something like on the kind of a subconscious level to like really drive home the fact that these guys are kind of like nobodies uh because, like, we just as people are used to seeing these bigger name celebrities. And so it's, it's I don't know how to explain it, but it kind of helped with the idea of, like, these guys are, you know, just small potatoes. Like, they don't really mean much in this, you know, war society, but they have oh, yeah. this, like, really huge task in front of them. And I think it, I think it worked really well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that makes total sense. For, for the main guy... Um, I, I I forget his name sadly, but he I actually knew him from another movie. He was one of the Lost Boys in that two thousand three two thousand four Peter Pan. Oh really? Movie. I didn't I, see I, I forget. I forget the role's name, but uh, that movie is also really good. But he's one of the Lost Boys uh, in that one, and it's he's uh, when 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 you watch it, you will, you will spot him right away. Oh he yeah. Has that, Does he like he look the kind same? Of, <laughs> Yeah, he has that kind of recognizable face where, where you're like, oh, yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he did a great job, and I was legitimately really sad about some of the stuff that happened. Oh, I was, yeah. I was uh, crying. I was really moved. I, was I, I teared up twice. Yeah. Uh, it was like back-to-back, because like, I saw Little Women beforehand, and I was just like all the way, like trying not to make noise crying. Like I was like very <laughs> – they got me. It got me real good. And then I went and saw 1917 and I was like, I need to see a fun movie for once. Like, can I have a fun <laughs> movie, please? <laughs> yeah, but what, what, um, speaking of, uh, let's switch over to Little Women then. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love Little Women. I hadn't uh, read the books or seen the original movie. Or are, are there two original movies? I, don't I, th- I, th- I think there are seven. I, th- I think there are like three or four made already oh okay well i haven't seen there's, any of them <laughs> there's a one with winona Ryder from the 90s and then mm-hmm. there were like two other ones uh, made before that gotcha yeah so this might be the fourth one yeah that i mean that sounds about right i you know this was my first exposure to it and i thought it was great and i kind of don't want to watch the other versions because i like the way it was told in this one <laughs> And I like don't want that to get changed. Like I, I want this to remain my my like image of the Little Women story. It'd be just this movie because it's so good. I see. Okay, I didn't I, I didn't watch it sadly yet, but I uh, heard really good things, and I, it sounded really 
uh, really great to me. And I like I like the director and I like the casting. So it was like this is this is gonna be something I'm I'm gonna watch sooner or later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looked like it looked like a really fun time. And it's really it's really interesting how like almost like back to back this and Emma came out, which is. Uh, which is also you know this 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 costume uh, thing about uh, strong female characters, but it's also uh, you know it's a period piece and it's um, uh, it's a Jane Austen classic. novel, right? Yeah, but also that's a Jane Austen one. But the trailer for Emma makes it look like it was Anderson movie, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer. I just saw. I did see that it was like a movie that existed. I just didn't really look into it yet because I I was focused on tracking down the gentleman before it went out of uh, theaters. Oh yeah, okay, I see. But Emma, it's it's gonna, I think it's gonna come out soon uh, with uh, in America. It's it's not, uh, I think I think it's not not gonna be far away. Uh, mm-hmm. Bill Nighy is in it. Uh, watch watch the trailer. It's it's really it's really funny. I really want to see uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Ah, I heard good things about that too. Yeah, yeah. I it was playing. I think it just left theaters in uh, New York. Because I was, I, I was looking like one weekend and I was like, okay, cool. I'll just go to, you know, I'll just go to one of these showings. It's still playing. And then like literally two days later, I checked again and they were all gone. And I was like, oh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'll wait for the DVD. <laughs> yeah, some some movies you just got to wait a little bit. I was really glad that I uh, was able to um, uh, catch the lighthouse in theaters. Oh, uh, yeah. Because that was just... Uh, that was one of the best movies I've I've seen in years. <laughs> it really, oh my god, it's so good. I um, a buddy of mine did like a whole Robert Pattinson like his whole filmography, like it's just a big movie marathon over the course of like a week, uh, like leading up to Lighthouse's release. Uh, and it was really really cool. I would like I would like watch some along with him. <laughs> we, we like went through the Twilight <laughs> stuff and then. Going into the lighthouse with the Twilight stuff like fresh on the mind is uh, is a really funny contrast. I actually I'm actually wondering how many female Twilight fans watched the lighthouse just because Robert Pattinson was in it, <laughs> and then they were like, you know, during like the first few minutes, they would be like, oh Jesus, oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh no, not Edward, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> That would be really hilarious if they just blindly would r- run into every movie just because he is in it. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> I mean, what I gonna... that's what I do with Donald Glover. So. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, totally understandable. I mean, that's gonna help the new Batman uh, in 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 that sense. But that's, it, Batman is is gonna be more. Uh, much more easier to approach than something like the lighthouse. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely uh, a little more marketable. <laughs> Oh yes, but I I absolutely uh, adored it. But that's uh, but that hasn't really been recently. I want to talk about a movie. I think that was the first movie I saw in the theater um, in twenty twenty. Okay. Um, I I that movie was Cats. Nice. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kicking myself because I didn't go see it like early on when it was like unfinished still i don't i don't know if, if i should call you unlucky or lucky bastard <laughs> for not going to it i because, uh yeah, no go on jesus because i'm familiar with a uh, with a musical itself I, I think i i've seen it like maybe once or twice i'm not quite sure but i've seen it at least once um with because my 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 mother has a musical background and so she um was familiar with with a musical even though she was never a part of it but i but I um, 
but I knew it, you know, I knew the songs, I knew the story, so to speak, because this thing has no story, that's the problem. Yeah. And when you watch it in in musical form, you don't really care and you don't really catch that it doesn't really have a story. It's just a, a series of introduction songs until one of the cats is allowed to die and start a new life. And <laughs> it sounds bizarre, and it is. It is. It's super crazy. <laughs> it's totally crazy, but um, you know, you you can marvel at the um, uh, at it because it's live. Uh, the, the the cat suits uh, they they look really cool. Uh, the dancing is great, and all of that in the movie is for, even though they were trying to add a little bit of momentum by um, beefing up the quote unquote villain role. It really does. It, it all all of the mistakes they make. It makes you realize that this thing really doesn't have a story and is not suited for film form, especially not in the way they did it, because this movie is straight up unfinished garbage. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I want to see it so bad. I want to get like just completely blasted drunk and watch it. Yes, <laughs> and have like it a would movie be. Night. A bit, a, but I, I have to warn you: if you watch it, maybe like drunk or high, you actually might 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 do something really really stupid because it's already pure nightmare fueled sober <laughs> it's actually it's a really funny the really funny thing is it it starts with like this um uh you know with, with this uh synthesizer music they 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 didn't really update the music so it's a lot of this old school synthesizer stuff going on and the way it's shot and the way the music sounds it's it's it starts like a horror movie. It, 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 it never really goes away from that first impression. I was in the uh, in the theater. I mean, I, I saw it like an, at the last during the last few days of its run here in my city, mm-hmm. and uh, there were there were like a couple of people in it. Uh, two of them were children, and uh, one of uh, one of them didn't make a peep. So I was like, okay. There was a couple of seats next to me. There was like this girl, might be ten or eleven year old, and she got incredibly impatient with this movie. Like her mind was totally something. She was not having any of this, <laughs> and and her mother desperately tried to constantly explain the plot to her. <laughs> Oh my because God. I guess that girl had a lot of questions during <laughs> this. I have several questions. <laughs> yes, I have. I have several questions about the design choices and this. I mean, I could go on. Yeah. Hours and hours about how this thing is just completely wrong-headed. What, uh, uh, dear listeners, please um, uh, listen to a Film Brains podcast. He did a whole episode with cat uh, about cats with with Alison Pregler, and he. He covered everything. Like he he went uh, he went into great detail about why this movie is uh, exceptionally bad. <laughs> but um, my take from it is, I have rarely felt more uncomfortable sitting in a theater with other people watching something, because <laughs> the thing is so creepily oversexualized. Oh and, yeah, um, it's just so much. The designs are so scary. And so clearly not done and not well thought out. And it, it has this weird perverted feel to it and the way they move. And, and how there are like several scenes where they are just humping the air or the ground. <laughs> and it, it really was, and I'm not over-exaggerating here, I felt like I was sitting in a theater with a bunch of other people watching porn. <laughs> and uh. I don't... I I never want to have that <laughs> experience ever again. <laughs> oh my god. I 
I live for those experiences. It's just like <laughs> super awkward, weird movie going experiences. Um, my most recent of what, one of which was the lighthouse. When I saw it, I took my dad and one of my younger brothers. He's like sixteen. <laughs> yeah, and because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know like how bad it would be, uh, like or how weird it would be, and they were like. They were completely shook. They lost. They were. It was very awkward. But the most awkward <laughs> was when I took my parents. We were gonna go see. Uh, what were we gonna? Oh, we were gonna see. I think we were gonna go see Little Women. Um, like right when it came out. But then like the that it was sold out or something. And so we ended up going. I having only watched one trailer, and kind of avoiding all everything else about it. I had recommended that we go watch Uncut Gems. And uh, <laughs> uncut gems with your parents is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, it came out like on Christmas. It's probably like a holiday, like a like a family thing, you know. And then no, <laughs> Adam Sandler's in it. Yeah. Well, it's I like was like, sim- I was like, it'll be cool for him to do a dramatic role. And then you know, it's like an actor that your parents are familiar with. And I was like, great. And then he, it was just like so vulgar and sexual. And I was like, oh boy, I'm glad that I brought my parents. <laughs> <laughs> my Tennessean parents. <laughs> oh boy. It's gonna be like the same thing when like people went to go see Mother uh, just because Jennifer Lawrence was in it and they, they were all like just like you know all of those old people maybe like I like that Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> did you at least I don't know did you at least like the movie I heard it was uh, supposed to be actually pretty good. Yeah Uncut Gems. Yeah, yeah. Uncut Gems is great. It's a it's a wonderful movie that is no fun to watch. Ah, uh, yeah, one of those. <laughs> I know, I know. That's why I didn't uh, watch it yet. Yeah, there are several movies uh, right now on my list I haven't seen yet because I know that we're not gonna be a fun time for me. Uncut Gems, one of them. There's another movie, a German movie. It's it's like a, a big drama that that was pretty. Uh, pretty highly claimed over here it's called Systemsprenger um, that, that, that's actually a pretty taboo movie in a way like it was was kind of uh, kind of polar- polarizing and it's on Netflix right now oh is it um, so it's just right along Uncut Gems it's gonna be I'm not gonna do those as a double feature but I have to <laughs> see them sooner or later I guess yeah yeah you definitely have to be in a, a certain headspace for some movies yeah yeah but I'm gonna see. I mean, I mean, I, I'm gonna be glad um, watching Adam Sandler going back to drama again because mm-hmm. he usually is really good um, in, in in that kind of stuff, and he can be good in comedy as well, um, as 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 long as it's not, I don't know, uh, with his big influence on it. I mean, I enjoy him in those Hotel Transylvania movies um, mm-hmm. because he's actually, you know, he's he is a talented voice actor, and those movies are fun. Um, He's he's really good, you know, in, in drama stuff. He's in a punch drunk love. He's great. Yeah. Um, there's another one I I haven't seen Funny People yet, but I heard that one is actually really good too. It's kind of like a parody of himself, right? Um, but in a dramatic way. I I really want to see it. I think it's on Netflix too. I I need to check it out. Mm. But yeah, um, you're gonna see Adam Sandler in this type of role. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting again. So oh, <laughs> I I saw Doolittle. Doolittle. Speaking of CGI animals, Holy shit. <laughs> yep, yep, it's um, it's not good. <laughs> There's it's not a good. dragon in it? Question mark. 
yes, there is a dragon. And I think that's also part of a book. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and then I don't think the dragon really was part of the reshoots. I think it was uh, in there all the way, but it just... Uh, it, this, this thing was just obvious, you know, they, they um, delayed it several times, they changed the title. It was obvious that Universal know, knew they had a dot on their hands. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how they just put it out completely with, without much advertising, yeah. even though you have uh, some big stars in it. Uh, they, they, they were just going to be sure, yeah, we already lost money with cats. Um, we, we did uh, get some um, award recognition through 1917. And now, uh, we have to release this. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. And if, if nobody had told me that there were like a bunch of reshoots in it, it's actually fairly obvious. <laughs> Perfect. I would have picked up. I, I would have picked up on that without that information because, as rumors say, the first cut was much more serious and they didn't have much of talking animals in it. Hmm. And uh, the studio was like, there are not much talking animals in it. And so uh, several other directors were brought in for, for reshoots um, to get more talking animals in it. And it shows because most of the time an animal speaks, it's in a very awkward close-up. That's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of disconnected from everybody else yeah <laughs> and it's and, and I, no joke this really happens it's just they are throwing everything in to get a laugh so not only is the ice bear just constantly calling other people bro Ugh. but there's also there's also one scene i kid you not where um doodle is communicating with like uh, this 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 ant and there's like this whole ant family um next to it you know obviously uh, ant colony uh, that's uh, what you call it and and the, the ant no joke says you're coming to me on the wedding day of my daughter and <laughs> what <laughs> yes we're really doing that type of joke in this oh wow <laughs> it has an it has the accent and everything and it just it, it's just a whole bunch of I mean, because it's it's funny because the trailer kind of marketed it as this kind of like epic tale. Yeah. But it's just it, it it's really just a really really generic standard stupid kids movie with talking animals. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why didn't you market it as that? Because there's a market for it, obviously. Yeah. You could have you could have maybe drawn a bigger um, uh, box office win. Uh, when you just marketed it as a stupid kids movie because that's what it is yeah and you can tell i mean we, we actors do what we can uh, in this uh robert jr was apparently really invested in this he had a lot of uh different weird ideas uh, with the dragon stuff and how he pulls stuff out of the dragons behind is um, <laughs> apparently one of them wow a true yeah. visionary <laughs> yes yes exactly but it's just and i heard the director was just uh very very incompetent the original director he was like uh not working well with a visual effects supervisor mm. didn't tell anybody where which cj animals were supposed to be in the shot he almost trashed certain stuff of the equipment and uh apparently his dog was racist um <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but this was whole like a Google document of somebody who allegedly worked on the movie and he told all of these crazy stories and uh, judging from how the movie turned out, some of that actually might be true. Oh my god. <laughs> that sounds insane. It does, but it's, it's the problem is it's just really not fun and it's not, the movie itself is really not like insane, that whole dragon stuff at the end, mm-hmm. that's as far out as it gets. 
The rest is just, you know, a generic adventure, pretty forgettable. It, it actually, the, the, the plot feels like it's stolen from several different Narnia books. Right. Uh, with this magic healing apple they have to find, and then the dragon what? at the end. Yeah, yeah, the rest, <laughs> like this, this, this apple of Eden or something. Huh. Um, they have to get to heal the British queen. Uh. And um, <laughs> because she lay sick in bed, and, um, and, the, and the queen is played by Jessie Buckley. What? Yes, and she she does nothing else in the whole movie than just laying in a bed. <laughs> and, at, and at the very end, uh, she just uh, she gets to say a couple of lines. And I was like, what a what a thankless role for something for somebody like her. Yeah, jeez. I was really shocked because I didn't really recognize her, and I was like, I I, I think she looks familiar. And then I saw like in the end credits, and I was like, Jesse Buckley. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Like, like the South Park, like Alec Baldwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was really frustrating. Did you? Um, what else did you go see while I uh, while I'm trying to think of uh, other stuff I went to see? Um, I recently saw Birds of Prey. Oh yeah, that I was... watched that too. Yeah. Really. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. How'd you How'd I... you feel about it? I, I did too. Uh, I, I liked it as well. It was uh, kind of tough for me to get into it because um, I was kind of put off by the uh, by the way it was told because it's really jumpy in its mm-hmm. narration. I mean, when you have like a crazy person like Harley Quinn narrating it, it that's you know, that's about to expect. But it's it's still it was it it was kind of hard for me to get into it. But after about like thirty minutes, when the plot actually kicks in about the whole diamond, I was like, okay, I know this is what this is about now. I liked how simple the plot was. Um, I liked, I mean, uh, she, uh, I wish I could have as much fun uh, with anything as she has clearly in the lead role. You oh, know? yeah, as Margot Robbie has playing Harley. Yeah, because, yeah. because she she's on fire in this. Like, oh, absolutely. She, she She's really great uh, in this. And she, the whole movie, actually, it kind of feels like a, a two-hour apology for Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch Suicide Squad, and I hate it. Like that's oh, how yeah, you, that's how bad Suicide Squad has like affected. I feel like the, uh, the yeah. comic book movie like community. You're not you're not missing much. Watch um, the Dan Olson folding ideas videos on the editing of Suicide Squad. That's all you need to see. Yeah, I I have that in my uh, my like watch later playlist yeah it's a it's it's a great video he he talks about everything that's wrong with it um and but there's so much more oh my god i i hated that movie when i when i watched it back then oh i was so mad i but uh, i jumped off um like on suicide squad after the second trailer and they had harley quinn like steal something and she go what we're bad guys and i was like all right i'm never seeing this movie cool great it's nice to know <laughs> that, that was that was the one thing yeah and it's just i i like how they d- totally just ditched the joker in this because the, the portrayal by jared later was just awful yeah i see like screenshots of him from the movie and stuff and i'm like what the f- a, what is this movie about? B, <laughs> um, what like who let him do this and told him that he would be like the Joker for their you know little DCEU uh, universe thing? Like who? Yeah, who had this idea? <laughs> it was kind of like I think his mindset was I have to one up uh, Heath Ledger yeah. because Heath Ledger just just did such a great job and so Jared Leto just wanted to take it into a very very. 
big direction mm -hmm. and um did, and then, i mean it it's it, it, it can't be easy to um to to do a role like this when the the previous incarnation has been just so iconic and yeah. uh, very very important but uh, he did just i know i've seen some behind the scenes stuff where he actually says something that's kind of funny and um because he was crazy method he was like always on character on set and he just acted like a total asshole yeah um but uh, I, there, there, there's, there's a couple of behind-the-scenes stuff where I was like, okay, I, I can see how this might might work with a better script. But, um, yeah, the whole thing was just... Uh, just the, the, like, face tattoos really put me off. Yeah, <laughs> but in this one, you just see him... You, you see the back of his head once, and that's the only thing. And the yeah. rest is, like, you see the cartoon joke, and then you see one the scene where they... Uh, tattoo something on a guy the, the one guy who oh, wants yeah. to take revenge on her that's actually that, that's some reshot scene where, where they had like a state then for the Joker but because that's not uh, from Suicide Squad oh. hmm. I didn't uh, know that but the whole rest I, I liked how they portrayed the Joker in this um, you know in this classic uh, form even with the picture she has on her wall yeah uh, that's clearly an homage to that um, well, one thing I didn't like about the movie is how actually really late they found together as a group. I actually mm -hmm. expected that to happen way sooner. Yeah. And I was kind of disappointed by that because as soon as they're all together, they work great together. Yeah. And I, I, I wish they, they had, they would have had more time, especially someone like uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who is, oh. who is, who is great in this. <laughs> oh, I love her. She can like step everybody. on my throat. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 I liked everybody in this. Uh, yeah. she, uh, they were all uh, really good. I just I, I didn't like some of the forced senti uh, sentimental stuff. I didn't like that at some points they kind of took itself seriously, uh, because that's also one problem I have with the Deadpool movies. I, I would like those. I like those movies, but I would like them way more if they were just much more wild and crazy and didn't care about you know, free act, act structure or, uh, you know, conventions of a narrative. Mm -hmm. um, I would have, I would have liked, you know, Deadpool to be like Gram the Gremlins 2 of Deadpool movies. <laughs> but, but sadly they didn't. And it's, it's just this, you know, they have those uh, near death experience hallucinations without any irony. Yeah. And it just doesn't fit at all. In this one, I think, uh, uh, Birds of Prey um, does the stuff uh, way better because the, the, the characters just work a little bit better in this kind of environment and they don't really do a lot of fourth wall breaking jokes in this. I think they only do it like once or twice. Yeah, like once. It's, it's not that often and the, the other, the only other like fourth wall breaking jokes are all like visual. They're all like that marker that like comes onto the screen and like scribbles all over the sh all over everything. The marker stuff and one, at one time when, sh when uh, she hangs from the fire ladder she looks directly in the camera and says something. Yeah. And uh, of course after the end credits uh, there's this uh, this uh, audio gag. Yeah, I don't that's know right. If yeah, I don't yeah. know if you uh, stayed through the credits but that was that was a really funny way to end the movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good little joke. I was like, ah, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was visually very strong. Um, I, I liked how it was, uh, you know, clearly much more low budget and it didn't have to do with something destroying the world. Um, it was just a, a, a nice small plot with a very fitting villain, like a... Ewan McGregor saying fuck is my spirit animal <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ewan McGregor did so well I um I really liked the movie like I liked it more than Deadpool um and like 
Yeah, because a lot everybody is comparing this to Deadpool because they're such similar like characters. Because DC, mm-hmm. like the publisher, has been kind of turning Harley into their Deadpool for the past like five years. Oh, okay, and like I hate like modern Harley. Uh, I don't like Deadpool. I the Deadpool movie though, I absolutely love, and this movie. I, I, you know, I really liked it. And so I think it's because I think all these like fourth wall breaks and whatnot work better at like visually than they do like in comics, which is weird because comics is also visual. But like, I don't know. I like them in the movie a lot more than I do their comic counterparts. Yeah, because maybe uh, in, in, in movies you have this certain timing you don't have in comics yeah. because you you have your own um, rhythm, your own... Uh, kind of like style how you read the comic book and uh, sometimes you know your eyes could jump ahead Mm -hmm. and then you could see what's coming and all of that in a movie you don't have that and so i think that that's that might be why it works better for you this way yeah i think so that that sounds that that sounds like uh the the answer to my riddle uh (laughs) i uh yeah i just i was trying to i was like racking my brain like as i was leaving i was like why did i like this I shouldn't like this because I hate her comic. And then, like, I went to the comic <laughs> book store after watching it and, like, like kind of flipped through one of the, like, recent Harley Quinn comics. And I was like, yeah, no, I hate this. I don't want this. Why do I like this movie so much? <laughs> but the, uh, I started yeah. describing it to coworkers as if John Wick was a cartoon for little girls, it would be Birds of Prey. <laughs> I mean, not really little girls. It's kind of violent. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, but, like, uh Kid stuff is stuff. Come on, give yeah. him a little bit blood, blood and gore and swearing. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. I mean, what yeah, what I mean, you know? What seven year old girl hasn't seen somebody's you know, legs snap in half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. No, I liked uh, some of the more serious stuff. Actually, really worked for me. I liked the monologue she has where she explains what a Harlequin is. Mm-hmm. Um, where I was like, oh, this is great. This is actually great character stuff going yeah. on here, and how she how she defines herself and where, where aren't really laughs in that scene. And I thought actually that it was one of the serious moments that really worked. Um, some of the stuff with Hugh McGregor was actually fairly serious and disturbing. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, he was very threatening. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he needed to be, he was, but I also, I also liked how he, um, in a way his character was like, he wanted to be the certain gentleman criminal yeah. guy, but he didn't really quite reach it. That's kind of, it was kind of like the part of his character, how he was trying to come across like this, this gentleman type criminal, yeah. but he, he just wasn't really up to it. And that was actually, it's, it's a, it's a nice way to, um, to characterize you a villain in a yeah. movie like this. And that's, that's why I think black mask was like the perfect choice for this, because that very much like, he he that is like his whole thing is he's like this proper mobster this gentleman kind of like you know uh he's got like honor or whatever it's like all about reputation and stuff but his he's so like immature in his temper like he has big temper anger issues and so like yeah. i thought that this was a perfect uh a perfect like villain choice for this because if this was just like some dude it, uh, that you know, if, if say it was the Joker, if it was you know the Joker and he planned this elaborate thing to like get back at Harley or whatever, and she had to like team up with the uh, birds to you know stop him or something like that would be it, and like he'd be stopped, and it's like cool, whatever. But like with uh, with Black Mask, I like that he like fit thematically in the cast of characters yeah. that they had, and he 
and he doesn't really have a personal connection with Harley. Yeah. Um, they, they're just like, you know, we, we need some kind of like a mobster type um, villain, but luckily we have uh, someone who has who has kind of like a name in the DC universe, even though I wasn't, I don't read the comics, I wasn't that familiar with Black Mask, except mm. for like the, the second Arkham game, I think he's featured in that one. Yes, he is. Um, so I, I, that was like the first time I was exposed to him as a, as a character. I, I, I didn't know that, because in those games, you know, they reference all of the villains. And um, I was like, okay, there's a guy named Black Mask. All right. So when I was like, um, when they said like, oh, and, and Hugh McGregor was playing Black Mask, I was like, okay, at least I kind of know who that character yeah. is. But yeah, that, that was nice. And um, yeah, overall, it was just, you know, fun, fun, senseless time. <laughs> yeah, it, I was bummed about the fact that the birds didn't like form into a group until like the, the last second. And I really wish like in the Birds of Prey movie, they were, like, a team for most of the movie. Because, <laughs> like, even the in the Avengers movie, like, they were the Avengers, I- I- even if they were bad at it, for, like, most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't take that long to... Uh, to of them not being all on screen, mm. but it, it still takes a while to finally them being able to to work as a team yeah I mean, that's that's i think that works about yeah i think those kind of stories work with like super teams a lot better than like these where you know everybody's fighting the same thing and then they meet up and at some point and they're like oh okay well let's all just like fight together and stuff like <laughs> i think it's weird <laughs> and uh, it just feels rushed but it makes me like really want a second movie which stresses me out because I'm trying to keep track of whether or not I think it will get a second movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it didn't, it didn't have a very high budget, and I think internationally it, it, it made that back already. Yeah. Um, but it, it still, it wasn't it wasn't the success that may might have hoped for, but also the, the marketing didn't really do them it really any didn't. favors. No. But I think Warner Bros. is still trying to sell this, still kind of see, desperately trying to sell the shared universe idea even though they kind of deviated from that recently that's why shazam and aquaman really worked even though you have those very very loose connections to yeah. uh, the the previous movies they work as standalone movies mm. and that's how they should be enjoyed and not connected to the train wreck that the dcu actually yeah, is. yeah oh my god yeah absolutely and like that's the thing too that kind of bums me out about it but makes me excited about uh, just like the future of like DC movies, because Cassandra Kane in uh, Birds of Prey was so far divorced from like who she is in the comics that she might as well have just had a different name. And I wish that she did, because now they're gonna be like, you know, in the future when they want to use like real Cassandra Kane, they're either gonna have to like make up a new person or they're just not going to use her, and it's gonna suck because I love her. And I hate that she, like, is getting a lot of attention because of this movie, but it's not the it's not her that's getting... It's, like, the character in the movie isn't her. So people are, like, interested in Cassandra Cain will show up, and they'll be like, who's this ninja? And they'll be like, oh, this is weird. I don't <laughs> like it. And they won't read it. Yeah, that's, that's the... That's the um... Uh, that's a positive side of not being a, a follower of a comic books because I didn't know who she was. I just heard uh, beforehand that a lot of people were angry about the portrayal of this kind of character, and I didn't really know which one. But at a certain point, I was like, maybe it's this one. Is is it this one? Okay, might be. Yeah, this one. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, I, th- I think a friend uh, who is way more into the comics he, he told me what the real deal with Cassandra Kane is, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, I see. I don't know why they did it. I really don't yeah, know. Yeah, it I've... seems so weird. 
because if for for a movie that, that does so many things so so, so well it, it it's kind of weird how they how we did it in, in in that way i mean they they must have known uh how they maybe maybe they hoped for a kind of like a similar effect with a mandarin where that took a lot of people by surprise in iron man 3 but actually a lot of people liked it and but the hardcore comic fans hated it so maybe right. they thought let's let's kind of introduce this let's not only deviate from the dceu but also from the comics and trying to make our own thing with this character maybe yeah that could be the reason well my thing is just like i feel like at some point you just have to say like hey uh we've changed this character so much we're just gonna like change the name because that's all the only thing missing <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> that's that's kind of like the opposite thing they did with uh, the, those two henchmen of Zod in Men of Steel. Oh yeah, like the, the like the, the the big guy and the and the woman. Yeah, because they're they were clearly supposed to be like uh, what is it, like um, Ursa and Nun or something. Something or, like or that. How, how how they called in the, the second movie? I don't know. But they are but they are not those. But they don't have those characters' names. But they might as well. Right. So it's actually really. Uh, if, if I think of the movie, it was called the, the the big guy didn't really have didn't even have a name, and the the woman was called like Feora Al. Yeah, Feora. I remember Feora. I don't remember the other guy's name. Yeah, but she was. She's actually. She was the one who did most of the ass kicking in that yeah, movie. Yeah, she was awesome in that movie. She was really awesome. Much more awesome. If that's actually a German actress. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. So it was actually really, really kind of like, oh wow, she's <laughs> she's awesome in this, and she, I, I really, I really liked her, her, her whole, uh, her whole thing. She, she had some really cool um, mannerisms. She had some some cool fight scenes. Yeah. She was one of the very, very small highlights of an uh, otherwise pretty awful movie. Uh, sadly, I, uh, I, I don't hate Man of Steel like most people do. Mm. Actually, I kind of, I kind of like it, but it's also like I, I have very. I'm just gonna say bad taste in films. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> That's objective. <laughs> like if you know, I went through. I, I went to school in uh, Tennessee. I, I didn't say this earlier. I went to school. I, I have a BS in uh, film and uh, video production, and so you know, I had like four or five years of like hanging around you know film students and stuff, and everybody has kind of the same opinion on things because they all want, like kind of Google who like like the general consensus on movies and then they just kind of adopt that and it's it's bad like all, all like a lot of film students like critique film um just however they heard somebody else critique film because we're all just pretending that we know shit <laughs> but um but i was told a lot like through throughout school people would be like chandler i don't i don't know if you watch good movies <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? sure I do. I watch like you know the Man of Steel and stuff, and they're like, oh Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of I kind of had a similar experience because I also uh, went to film school, studied filmmaking, everything. But but uh, I was um, there's this uh, one certain thing that all cineast uh, c- uh, cineast people say, and that is, being John Malkovich is a great movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> I, I watched it during my study like the, while I was like uh, at film school and I was like 
what why are so many people loving yeah. this movie and i was i was i was talking with one of the teachers and he was and he was also like oh no it's a, it's, it's a great movie what are you talking about and i was like i was like what what are you having with this movie it's like and, uh, <laughs> i was saying this to him like it's a movie about people who want to have sex in john malkovich's head oh i have an idea i'm gonna write a screenplay about a celibate monk who gets reincarnated in some porn star's dick oh my god i'm a freaking genius <laughs> wow brilliant <laughs> I uh that's funny. I haven't seen that, but I have similar like I hate this movie uh um pulp fiction. I cannot oh! I can't finish it. Where did you leave it? Because I have a uh, I I suspect a certain part of a movie where you just couldn't take it anymore. I I don't know. I've watched it to like various points various times and then I've like uh. left and I'm like I can't finish this. So I think the, okay. I think the farthest I've gotten was like like right at like the halfway point. Okay, right at the halfway point. Because I don't like the um the Bruce Willis chapter in that. That was the one thing I was like, this is kind of like the, the weakest point for me. But I rewatched it not too long ago, and I was like, oh no no, this is actually this is better than I remember. Mm. But overall, I really like the movie, as, as a lot of other people do. But I I get why people wouldn't like it. Um, my my mother like likes various Tarantino movies, but I'm not quite sure if she would like this one. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I see. This also makes me lose film boy points because I don't really like Quentin Tarantino that much. My mm-hmm. first exposure to him was like him as a person, and so oh. like he's like kind of gross and kind of creepy and kind of weird. And so like now every time I went into any of his movies, I could like just see his face like at fifty percent opacity, just kind of hovering above the the frame. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I get, I, I, I get it. I, he, he's kind of, he's kind of an obnoxious person, but otherwise, I actually would kind of like to talk to him for a few minutes. Oh yeah, just kind of because he seems like because he's so energetic and has to say, he just has a lot to say. Yeah, and uh, I like, I like his mentality when it comes to, um, to, to, to certain movies, and uh, I like hearing his opinion. But yeah, I, I, I get, he's kind of an obnoxious person. He's kind of like. You know he he's in love with himself and uh it's kind of like he it's come to a point where he's kind of earned that mm-hmm. but uh and uh, he, he it's it's no deny that he is uh, a master when it comes to uh, at least i think so when it comes to dialogue and also crafting a scene oh yeah no but that's the thing it, is like i respect his work as like as kind of you know important as it is uh in in like film and he's he's a you know a really big uh advocate for like film history and he does like a lot in terms of like film like preservation and he's like clearly very passionate about film and i respect that and you know i think i love the hateful eight i you know i think he makes good movies um Mm -hmm. i haven't seen inglorious bastards but i like i've heard nothing but good things and i think i would like it a lot Um, but it was my first movie uh, i i saw of his oh yeah it was my very first one and uh, I, it, it, it might be my favorite of his, actually. I, that seems to be what everybody says, is, like, that's probably where he peaked. For many people, like, he, he kind of peaked early with stuff like, you know, Pop, I mean, he did Reservoir Dogs, but Pop Fiction was the one that really put him on the map, mm. kind of, like, creating this new genre in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he did he did several other, uh, he did several other things. Uh, I, for a lot of people, um, Death Proof is his worst one, I know. That one's kind of polarizing, but mm. I still like it as it as it is. I, I I totally get what he's trying to do with that one, but I I can see why people would say it's it's his lesser film. But um, I think Glorious Bastards is great. I really like Django. Django, Hateful yeah, Eight I was, was gonna say Django. 
Hateful Eight was really good. And I really liked uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was actually, I think, that's his most grown-up adult movie. I, I think it really is, uh, which is kind of saying something because of the climax and how kind of cartoonish it is. But uh, it's it's like the climax it. wants to make up for the lack of violence yeah. in the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, he earned it. He was like saving it up for the end. I was like, okay, you can have this one. Uh, <laughs> I did like Once Upon a Time um, in Hollywood. I, I just kind of like i don't see it being like his best like a lot of people have said hmm. a lot of people were like oh this is probably his best work my new favorite movie all this stuff i was like i mean it was good and stuff but like like it was mainly the to me it was mainly the performances that i was impressed by more so than the story or the directing or yeah yeah it was really funny um a few days ago i watched that with my younger brother uh, he watched it for the first time. He didn't really know. I, I, he kind of knew what it was about, but not to what extent. He just thought, oh, it's it's it's, it's a film about some actors in Hollywood. And so we watched it, and there are just so many stretches where people are just driving cars, doing nothing. Oh, yeah. And uh, just, you know, uh, people just doing stuff. They're just doing stuff, and the camera just follows them doing stuff. And there was one point, there were several points in the movie, but I can tell uh, one point where, where Brad Pitt drives back to the house to... Um, to 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 um, fix the antenna, mm-hmm. and he he gets up on the roof, and it's, it's it's just following him around. And my brother turns to me, "This is a really weird movie, but I like it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. I, f- I feel like that sums up a lot of Quentin Tarantino. Like this is kind of weird, but I like it. <laughs> but he's like he, he was like he was like at several points. It's not boring. Like it's not boring at all. And like these characters are just kind of being they're doing nothing, but I'm so invested and I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like that's my thing is I, I I respect Quentin Tarantino. I just like don't necessarily I n I don't find myself in a place where I'm like sitting down on like a you know, on like a weekend and I'm like, I should watch a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like it just doesn't seem like a fun, like cool thing to do. Mm. No, no. I see. For me, some of those uh, some of those movies are kind of like great great background stuff because I, it it doesn't take for me that long to know them very very well. Mm. I, I that's kind of like how the dialogue is written, how his stuff is structured. I there were certain points where I just put on the hateful eight in the background, or I was just working on the laptop. Yeah. And just you know taking glimpses here and there. Okay, I know where they are now. I mean, with sacrilege and Tarantino's eyes, because you were supposed to sit down <laughs> and watch, watch a movie the whole thing with full attention, turn your phone off. Yeah, not being distracted. And with certain movies, of course, I, I couldn't. Uh, I never could put on something like Lord of the Rings in the background. You know, when I watch that, I yeah. really want to watch that. But um, there are other movies, you know, where it's just you no, know, they're, they're good background movies. And with, with some of his, it's it's kind of it's kind of slimmer. But of course, only when you are in the mood for. For that type of stuff, you could also put on some sitcom, yeah, and uh, and binge that while you are working on stuff. I mean, that's that might be actually better. Something that's actually dialogue driven, because you can't put on something like the raid in the background because right. it's just so much action choreography. There would nothing, there would be nothing left to appreciate. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be watching that the whole time. Yeah, I keep trying to watch like turn. I'm like, oh, I'll just you know, I got something to do, but I'll turn on uh, into the Spider Verse just like in the background because it's like guys got that some fun music like a good soundtrack is like oh it'll be fun and then i end up watching the whole dang thing yeah <laughs> and you, doing can't, nothing. You, you can't look at you look you can't look away it's just uh, a visual feast it's, I, it's so good for me that was all the stuff i've seen recently in with in the theater with if there would be other stuff i i, I would need to go back much further mm. one of one of the stuff i could talk about is the rise of skywalker <laughs> oh god 
Oh, boy. I'm on the team of people that, like, this last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, um, has soured, like, being a Star Wars fan. <laughs> and now yeah. we're just moving, o- we're going to move on, and we're now going to be Dune fans. I watched it in one of the opening nights here, over here, like, right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and about, well, when with two of my brothers, both of them uh, ha- ca- really hated uh, Last Jedi. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, they, they hate it so much. So one of one of the brothers actually was like, "I'm done with Star Wars." After this, I don't want, I, I don't want to see the follow up. I'm, I'm, I'm just done with it. Like, like really, he just was so frustrated. And uh, then he actually, he actually invited me. Like, well, do you want to go to Rise of Skywalker with me? And I was like, I thought you were done. He was like, No, I want to see how they're trying to save it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody was always like, Oh, we're done with. I'm like, No, you're not. You're gonna see every Star Wars that comes out forever for the rest of the time just like everyone else <laughs> <laughs> yeah they just they have us by the balls yeah um, like by, there's by nothing the we point. can do <laughs> yeah because I, I i i'm right in the middle when it comes to last jedi where certain stuff i really like and there's certain stuff i just don't like but there's not a part of me that hates it mm-hmm. it's it, it's too good to hate but it's not good enough for me to love yeah um i i really it, loved the last jedi i walked out of it like literally like li- in the theater i like towards kind of the end of the movie i was like oh my god i'm having like the best time like i love this (laughs) and then like we were leaving and somebody the one of my friends that i saw it with he was like he was like wow that was like justice league bad and i was like wait what this was my favorite one hold on (laughs) i had i had the same if it was i had the same situation with my family when i went to see last jedi because we we were we were sitting together the whole family with my parents and all of my brothers and but my brothers were sitting apart from me uh, my, my parents were separating us and um so I, I i watched it and i didn't catch their reactions to it and i was like i was invested and i was like this is fun oh this is cool this is oh this is something i can get behind above and then the credits rolled and my brothers were looking over to me and like uh well uh, what do you say? And I was kind of like giving the, uh, yeah, I liked it sign with my hand. Yeah. And they were both like shocked, like, really? Yeah, they were like, how? And, and I didn't, and I was really surprised, like, you didn't like it? And, and when they explained it to me, I was like, oh, okay. And that was, you know, uh, while it, that was also one of the starting points where it, it wasn't quite clear what the internet would say about oh, yeah. the movie. So, yeah. But in terms of uh, Rise of Skywalker, uh, my brothers liked it better than me. Mm. I thought it sucked. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't have a good time. I just had a very bad time. It t- it took about three minutes for my first <laughs> eye rolling moment. It was, and the movie the movie has been out for long enough now, uh, boys and girls. Oh, yeah. So we are allowed spoil to spoil it. stuff. Um, when they when they show uh, Snoke in the tube. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was the first. Then, then was like I was audibly like uh, I was like saying in the theater out loud, "Oh no!" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, I love those moments where you're like, "Oh." Ah, <laughs> oh, it was just I was, and then I realized this this movie is gonna be uh, not a good watch, and in that regard, and uh, it, one of the actually I I am in Filmbrain's Discord chat, and he was uh, he 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 watched the movie before before I did, and he told certain things without spoiling something and then i was uh, and then when i was asking him just to be sure like um let, let, let me ask you this does it feel like fan fiction and his answer was yes 100%. very much so yeah and i was like oh this movie is gonna be awful yeah. oh my <laughs> because god. star wars fan fiction is the worst thing ever mm-hmm. oh my god like when i was when i was in the movie uh i think it was like right around the time that um 
<laughs> that somebody told Poe that the Emperor had returned and that face he made <laughs> it was like somehow the Emperor's alive and he was just like <laughs> and I was like yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember that uh, it's just a whole bunch of like it, it, it's fan fiction like like it's yeah. just pure it, it's like they 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 went the the, the writers you know jj abrams and and all the other people who had their fingers in this they went on reddit read the worst fan theories <laughs> and put it in the movie they really did yeah it was i think that was like a joke like right after it came out it was like wow it's the first star wars movie written by reddit <laughs> yeah, I think there were certain memes about that because it's it's absolutely true. But you know what? What do you expect when you get as a co-writer the guy who fucking wrote Batman, Batman vs Superman. Superman? Yeah, ugh. I uh, I think that, see that's the thing is like I don't hate him because he has made he has done some things that I like. Yeah, yeah, he did. I, I, I always thought like, oh man, the, the, the bad script stuff in that movie. That's mostly David Escoria because he's a hack. Yeah, he really is. But after seeing Rise of Skywalker, I'm like, oh no, uh, Chris Terry has been infected yeah. by David Goyer. <laughs> he caught the Goyer. <laughs> he caught the Goyer. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I, I, th- I think I came to the conclusion with a friend of mine that, like, he's, he's good right up until the point that he has to make a studio blockbuster. At that point, mm-hmm. I think he just, like, folds to whatever corporate, you know, notes he gets. And I think he, like just kind of wings it and phones it in because he's like, he knows he's getting a ridiculous paycheck and the movie's going to get made regardless of what he writes. So it's like, I think, I think that's why his, you know, his big movies, his like huge multi-million dollar blockbusters that he has been working on. I think those, uh, fall flat because he just kind of, he's much more suited for like his smaller movies that he typically does. Yeah, yeah. Certain people just work uh, better in a smaller uh, environment yeah. that way, not with this big tentpole stuff. And and this is just the worst thing. Even though, yeah, if if you want to resolve all the problems that, uh, in your opinion, Last Jedi caused, you really shouldn't also introduce fifteen other plots and characters. Yeah, yeah. It's like they. It's it's almost as if JJ in in some dimension. J.J. Abrams made a whole trilogy, and there were all these characters introduced in the second movie, and then that third movie got transported to our dimension, like, on accident, and so now we have, we, like, we didn't really get a satisfying ending to our Star Wars trilogy, and instead we got, like, one that seems like it is, like, from a completely different trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. To me, actually, because I have this mentality with the Star Wars prequels, where it's like, you know, I en- I kind of enjoy them just as, you know, movies. Mm. But I don't consider them canon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot uh, of people me, don't. Yeah. To, to, to me, the Star Wars movies are, are just very, very expensive fan fiction <laughs> movies. And um, which, which you know, some, some, some things work about them and some don't. So I was kind of glad that, you know, Force Awakens seemed to ignore a lot of the stuff the prequels kind of set up and did and uh, but but in this one they kind of emphasize their connection mm. to the prequels again and that makes me hate the rise of skywalker even more <laughs> because they make they make the prequels important again yeah <laughs> and, and that's that's a big mistake that was just one of the biggest mistakes ever and uh and also yeah right now this one I don't consider this canon and I'm not even the biggest Star Wars fan you know yeah. I'm not married with her material I just enjoy them as blockbuster movies, but I really liked Force Awakens. Force Awakens actually is my favorite Star Wars movie. Nice. And um, 
uh, and so I was actually really invested in these new characters, you know. Yeah. What, what are they going to do with them? And then they, you know, made some crucial mistakes in Last Jedi where they were mostly apart from each other, mm-hmm. you know, I would like to have. And I liked that they were a trio in this, you yeah. know, Finn, Poe, and uh, Rey. Uh, I, li- I liked that they were, I just wished they were on a better adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish that the stuff was better written. I wished they actually gave Rose something to do because I, I liked her a lot in Last Jedi. Yeah. And um, it, it, it's just really a, a criminal shame how they completely wrote oh, her. Oh, they completely sidelined her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just, uh, which, which, which is actually really, really upsetting in a lot of ways. But, um, you know, some of, the, some, some of the stuff worked in the, some of the group dynamic, but the, the rest um i i really how how things ended in this one this is not canon for me it's just like oh yeah it's a shame they they made this whole new trilogy but for some reason they never made a third movie like <laughs> for, for some reason that it, it's weird how they call it like the sequel trilogy but it's just two movies yeah. like, that, that, that might be that actually might be what i'm gonna tell my children that's kind of how i live as well that's the world i live in where like the rise of skywalker is just like a what if <laughs> what if the third movie was bad you know <laughs> there will never be yeah, a third movie but like what if <laughs> This was this, this parallel universe stuff, you know, Bernstein bears. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Mandela effect. Like some people, some people say that there's like this 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 third movie called The Rise of Skywalker, and, <laughs> and it so ends weird. with like, like two Palpatines fighting, which is weird, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's or something it, called it the Skywalker Pal- Saga. <laughs> yeah, and it turns it turns Palpatine into Voldemort. It's yeah. really bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it just you know that, that's that's how and you know stuff like that is fine if if you don't like something you don't have to make it part of your personality and just go online and make a bunch of hate yeah. videos you can just simply you can just pretend it doesn't exist i mean it does exist i have to acknowledge at some point because i you know i, I watched it but you are allowed to simply choose to not watch it anymore yeah, and like it doesn't af- it doesn't have to affect your life like moving forwards like I don't never, you know, I've never woken up and been like, man, I'm so glad I saw, you know, Robin Hood, the weird fox cartoon when I was a kid that I think about that every single day. Like, no, I don't like, I, yeah, I can just watch a movie and move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I wish more people had this mentality. You can watch something like it or don't like it and then move on with your life. And some people can't do that and uh, those people tend to be sometimes uh pretty obnoxious and you know it's it's wonderful if certain people find happiness in their fandom but also act like adults uh, alongside it you have you are allowed to to love it you are allowed to be excited and ecstatic about it tweet about it and why you love it all of that that's great but um, if if it if it defies your life in a way that you hate people who like or don't like something you like or don't like, um, then you we got a problem. Yeah, definitely. Like, just don't be an ass. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's so simple. That's that's you know that's what we're by. That's what Jesus uh, tried to <laughs> tell us before before people uh, for some reason crucified and he tried to say be kind to each other god damn it <laughs> god damn it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that i'm going to i'm going to get that stitched onto a pillow <laughs> like a like a fake like verse at the bottom like 30 Jesus like said, be kind to each other god damn it yeah like fourth john 316 <laughs> <laughs> that must be that would be awesome 
Uh, just, I just added that, goddammit, like in the, in the very last second. I didn't plan <laughs> to say that, but I was like, hey, it's fitting. It's fitting. It, yeah, it works. <laughs> That's always funny. I, um, but yeah, so definitely, uh, I'm not, I wasn't big of a Star Wars fan either. Uh, like, I'm not, like, it's not, I know a lot about, like, the lore and, like, the extended universe and, like, all this stuff, but it wasn't to the point that, like, part of my personality was wrapped up in being a star wars fan so Mm -hmm. like when a bad star wars movie comes out i'm usually just kind of like okay like great all right i'll move on now like (laughs) bummer we'll get them next time but uh (laughs) but like i just can't fathom the having the reaction that people had to the last jedi for like the people that like you know, it ruined Star Wars or whatever, or, like, sent them on, like, some kind of weird... It must... It, every, the way everyone talks about it, it, they make it sound like Ryan Johnson broke into their house, stole all their uh, family photos, like, pissed on their dog, and then, like... And then, like, lit a match and, like, burnt the couch down or something. Like, burnt the... Yeah, and kicked, and kicked the cat. And yeah, the kicked the cat or something. I'm like, okay, guys, like, he just made a movie and, like... So he could get some money to make his movie. Like this is a thing that everyone does. <laughs> like just yeah, exactly. So so many people do that. <laughs> yeah, like it's not. JJ Abrams. When JJ Abrams made Star Trek, he didn't even you know he, he didn't even really know Star Trek. He had to watch it first. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like I promise you, he didn't care about it as much as you care about it. And and uh, that's saying something because I think Ryan Johnson really was invested in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he 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 was clearly invested in a way. Like he wanted to take it into. He wanted to take some chances with it, you know. And he he wrote some 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 neat stuff, and it's it's a really well made movie too. Like mm-hmm. that you can see that uh, people who made the movie really cared in every yeah. um, aspect of the production. Um, yeah. To me, there were just certain things that didn't work for me, and that's totally fine. You know, I I watched it three times by now, mm-hmm. and uh, I still, you know, I, I it's. My my opinion, it is pretty much stayed exactly the same. Like I mean, I I was a little bit more enthusiastic after I watched it the first time, because you get wrapped up in the whole theater experience, and it's and it's also you know it takes you by surprise at certain points. Mm -hmm. But when you know how it's how it's gonna turn out, you watch it with a different eye. Yeah. But it's still you know I I still enjoyed uh, certain things, but I didn't no and other stuff I didn't, and it's totally fine. Mm -hmm. I think I think it should be a lot more normalized like the concept of seeing a movie more than once uh because a lot of people are like go to movie one time and it's if it's one of these blockbuster things there's all this hype and there's all this uh marketing and then there's like this atmosphere of opening night that like affects your viewing of the movie and then like typically like with a lot of like kind of divisive movies people will be like i watched it one time and i felt this way and i watched the second time and i felt kind of a different way like not doesn't happen every time but i feel like a lot of times with divisive movies the thing that like gets people to kind of change their mind on on it is watching it more than once yeah detective pikachu is the greatest movie (laughs) ever oh i still haven't seen that one me neither, because I don't care about Pokemon. It's not, ma- it's not made for me. Why should I watch it? Yeah. I mean, with, with certain movies, you can do that. You can you can watch movies that are not made for you, and you still can get something out of it. But in that case, I, and I I'm, and I'm sure it's not a bad movie. I'm sure it's it's probably fun. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the clips I've seen seem seem fun. But um, you know, my brother's into Pokemon. I hate Pokemon <laughs> as a pure concept. I always I always hated it, even as a kid. Really. So. Um, 
yeah so i i just i just can't get into it because but also i, I had this hipster mentality as a kid oh, and yeah. i talked about this several times before where it's like if stuff is popular so it, it must be shitty yeah i'm too cool for that if, if the normal yeah, it, kids... it, it, it wasn't it wasn't even my mentality that i'm too cool for that i'm just oh it has to be shitty because a lot of people like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean saying that now i'm like like especially in the context of movies i'm like yeah a lot of the bad movies have a really wide audience <laughs> like like a lot of these like franchise movies that kind of suck like as compared to something like the lighthouse or parasite Trend- that didn't transformers get a, yeah they did yeah transformers is the perfect example it has a huge audience and everyone can watch it and everyone kind of will watch it at some point uh mm-hmm. but like it's so bad and it can't be good because if it's good then it's going to be divisive <laughs> oh yeah yeah absolutely but i mean the, the, the transformers movies are still kind of polarizing but for different reasons mm. because i really i really liked it when i when i saw the first one and i uh, i i rewatched some of them recently and uh, my, my favorite right now aside from bumblebee because that is just its totally unique own thing uh, which is actually objectively uh, pretty good, but my favorite of uh, Michael Bay Transformers movies is now the fourth one because that's just so unapologetic, batshit insane. Yes, hell yeah! But I have a good time with it. It's just Michael Bay t- cranked up to eleven. Yeah, I'm, and uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm mad uh, and I'm anxiously awaiting the like inevitable Transformers uh, collaboration with. Uh, fast and furious like the crossover that's got to happen like it oh god <laughs> like the both franchises of... are so ridiculous <laughs> it has to happen i i'm not sure i mean uh, uh fast and furious is universal and uh transformers is paramount mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm not quite sure how they will uh, make it work i feel like might be i mean it would be and uh, concept wise it would be actually really fun you have people driving fast cars and those cars could transform into something it, it would be a neat idea <laughs> yeah it'd be awesome like i uh, i think as you know disney starts to kind of swallow the rest of the market the other like studios and the other uh like corporations they'll start to kind of buddy up i think <laughs> to try oh to, yeah. yeah and that's one of the things that i want to see happen i want i want a fast and furious transformers crossover please <laughs> Yeah, because because when I watched Cats and uh, Doolittle, both uh, you know uh, distributed by Universal, I was like, you know what? They, they they might be done too. They might be the next the next mm-hmm. who get bought by Disney. The Fast and Furious and the Minions can't save their ass forever. Yeah, I uh, and like because the um, going back to comic book movies because of course um, <laughs> Bloodshot that's coming out. It's a oh the Vin Diesel one yeah, yeah. it's a Sony movie I, I think um, oh God no yeah and uh, but the uh, Valiant is the publisher that publishes uh, Bloodshot comics and um, mm. th- they have other movies uh, that are coming up that are in pre-production but they're in pre-production with Paramount so this one you know th- it's like Bloodshot's like their flagship it's like their Superman. And he's, uh, and it's weird that he's like going to be a Sony character, and then Paramount is going to do the rest of their universe. I was like really confused, but I was also like, okay, but Paramount. So Paramount does know how to play nice with other companies. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I can get my hopes up just a little of this Fast and Furious and <laughs> Transformers crossover. 
hope a wonderful uh, a wonderful final uh, you know emotion to end this episode yeah. on, do you think yeah let's here's here's the hoping for uh, just crazier weirder movies that uh, have a lot more artistic uh, stamp on them than kind of the, the corporate homogenized blockbusters that we've been getting yeah we will still get those they will just be harder to find yeah but of all the movies we've seen recently i feel like we're heading in, a, in the right direction i think so too there, there's still uh, always going to be room for for that weird stuff and even if it just gets released on netflix at mm -hmm. least we will be able to see it in some way or the other definitely but uh, I, i would like to see some uh, some more stuff like the lighthouse um, yeah and uh, being Or, or, or parasite you know i still haven't seen it but i i, I, I will uh, i will in time i mean it, it's it's it, it's gonna hit dvd in a few weeks so mm -hmm. um i'll be there i'll be there and watch it uh, because i like the director a lot yeah um so yeah um hope a wonderful positive uh, feeling to end this because uh, dear listeners we are out of time uh, sadly uh let me tell you um This uh, this was a, a wonderful episode to get back into the action as far as my own podcast is concerned. I haven't done this in a long time, but I enjoyed every second of it because you were a wonderful guest. Aww. And I thank you so, so much for uh, being on here. No, thank you for having me. I was very excited. I, uh, I, I always wanted to be on a film podcast because I have terrible <laughs> opinions about film that need to be shared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've lost a good chunk of people probably by bashing Rise of Skywalker. Probably. But, um, <laughs> what what can you say? Um, sometimes you just have to uh, uh, tell what you think. Yeah. So um, I really would love to have you uh, back on here as soon as possible again. Um, I, I would love to make this a thing because uh, I want to know so much other stuff, uh, so many other opinions, and maybe we can even make this a regular thing where we talk about just the most recent stuff we've watched. Yeah. Um, but so far, so good. Where can people find you and your work online? Uh, you can find me... I'm most active on Twitter. Uh, the My handle is at CB underscore G-U-Z. And uh, from there, you can get to my YouTube and I think maybe my Instagram. Um, but on my YouTube and Instagram, I'm superhero wannabe. Pretty easy to find. Um, I've, you know, I did a whole video essay about Hancock. I would, if, you know, if I'm recommending listeners of a film podcast to go see something that I have done, I think some of my film criticism or comic criticism will be uh, more up your alley. But uh, fair warning, I shot it completely in vertical because I was... I don't know. I guess I was on drugs. I don't remember. <laughs> I was like, ooh, this will be cool. And then it wasn't cool, but I uploaded it anyway. Nice. Awesome. Um, uh, all of the links, of course, will also be uh, featured in the description. So you can easily find it, uh, dear listeners. If this very podcast you're listening to right now, um, Fans About Films, you can find on SoundCloud and iTunes. Um, I host another podcast uh, together with Lyle Perez. It's called It's 90s Christmas Podcast. Uh, you can find it on podomatic.com and also iTunes. There has been a very long, almost like one year break. Uh, but we are coming back soon. He has moved. Uh, he has almost all his stuff now. Um, so uh, I, I think we can, uh, we can expect uh, some more episodes in the near future. Um, my YouTube channel is called The Deppert. Um, 
you can find also German soundtrack reviews I write for scoregeek.wordpress.com and uh, I am part of the German uh, podcast uh, collective uh, Telestammtisch uh, where we talk about all the most recent movies that are coming out direct to video and also in the cinema. Um, my Twitter handle is at Lasse Vogt, and you can also find me on Facebook. I think that's all. Pooh, I do it all. <laughs> wow. I was impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I do so many things. It's insane. <laughs> but... Uh, I, man I managed to do it somehow. Um, so yeah, as for closing words, thank you again so much for being a guest on here. I had a wonderful time. Me too. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, thank you also uh, for listening, dear listeners. We wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye and good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye.